Hello, everybody. I'm your Average Joe, and welcome to the Average Joe Podcast. I hope everybody's having a good day today. I just had some Cinnamon Toast Crunch, so I am feeling lovely right now. But uh, you know what isn't lovely? Today's episode. It's actually a little touchy, so this might be the one you want to bring over the kids and tell them to go play for a little bit while you listen to this. I've got three hot topics for us. Uh, Starting off, we're going to talk about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial that uh, just finished recently and a secret that one of the jurors had kept until the end. I'm going to talk about transgender swimmer Leah Thompson and what her recent victory could mean for the future of women's athletics. And finally, we're going to talk about a piece of legislature that uh, Florida's Senate has passed that many are referring to as the Don't Say Gay Bill. All right, so first story today. Uh, I know the Russia-Ukraine invasion has taken a lot of the world's spotlight. Um, A lot of the media's attention has been directed over towards this war in Europe. But something very important that happened recently was the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. If you guys remember Jeffrey Epstein, the billionaire sex offender, uh, back in 2019, he was supposed to be on trial uh, for his crimes. And uh, he... (sighs) Authorities claim he ended up killing himself in his jail cell. America believes that uh, the Clintons had something to do with this. Um, This is because... Jeffrey had a lot of connections to many big-name celebrities, uh, to include Prince Andrew, uh, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, and uh, the the current suspicion out there is that if he were to go on trial, pretty much this whole upper-class elite sex ring thing would be brought to the public, and that was no bueno, and so he was kind of, he was taken out, you know, They, they couldn't, they couldn't let this get to light, but his uh his partner, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, while well, she did end up going on trial, and she was found guilty of five of the six charges pressed against her. Uh, these charges, uh, as listed, were uh, sex trafficking, conspiracy to entice individuals under the age of 17 to travel in interstate commerce with intent to engage in illegal sexual activity, conspiracy to transport individuals under the age of 17 to travel in interstate commerce with intent to engage in illegal sexual activity, transportation of an individual under the age of 17 with intent to engage in illegal sexual activity, and conspiracy to commit sex trafficking of individuals under the age of 18. The one count that Maxwell was not found guilty of was enticement of an individual under the age of 17 to travel with intent to engage in illegal sexual activity. As a mouthful, sounds repetitive, but those were all separate charges. Like I said, she was found guilty of five of those six charges. Um, this verdict was reached after 40 hours of deliberation by the jury over the course of a six-day trial. Uh, with this, she faces up to 65 years in prison. Uh, she's currently 60 years old right now, so pretty much going away for a little over how long she's been on this earth. Um... Here's the thing. So, trial's over, right? We got her. She's going away. We're, we're all good, right? Problem is, one of the jurors, uh, juror number 50, let me pull up his name right here. His name is... I just had it on my screen. Jury number 50, jury number 50, jury number 50. I want to know what his name is. I just had this man's name brought up here. Anyways, I'll get his name in a second. But pretty much what juror number 50 said after the end of this trial is he admitted to... uh, 
Oh, Scotty David. There it is. Scotty David. All right. Juror number 50, Scotty David. Um, he claimed to have suffered sexual abuse as a child, which now kind of invalidates his position in this whole trial. The, the purpose the, the purpose of these randomly selected juries uh, is that they're not supposed to have any bias towards the crime that they could potentially be convicting somebody of, right? And so whenever, whenever you are selected for the jury, if it involves if it involves drugs and narcotics in the crime, right? They're on the questionnaire that you fill out. It's going to ask if you've had any involvement or you have family members that have had any involvement with drugs or narcotics. In the case of this Ghislaine Maxwell trial, there was a question on there that asked if you or a family member have any history of any sexual abuse or sexual misconduct, you know. And uh, he, Scotty David, claims that he answered no to this question and he says that he was honest about that. But uh, the, this sexual abuse that he had experienced as a child by, I believe it was his stepbrother, was something that he had closeted or hid away and he claims that it it doesn't define who he is or that it shouldn't affect his decision making while that may be true the the big matter here is that you 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 have experienced something directly involved with the the crimes that maxwell is facing so even if you don't think that your sexual abuse as a child is going to have an effect in your decision, the court doesn't want to take that chance. The court wants to select people who have had no experience with sexual abuse or sexual misconduct so that they can't have that bias to say, yes, this person's guilty. Yes, they need the max sentence. You know what I mean? The The thing I'm seeing that's kind of throwing me off is, um, I believe it's the New York Times. The New York Times covered this article covered this piece about Scotty David and they're arguing that he should never have been asked that question on the questionnaire if he had experienced sexual abuse as a child him or a family member uh, the, the New York Times is arguing that that was that was an invasion of his privacy and that it never should have been asked in the first place and that this this doesn't affect the trial I think I think that's completely ridiculous like I said before, you, you want people on your jury who have not had an experience with the crimes that you are potentially being charged for so that they don't have a bias on their decision to of whether or not to convict you as guilty. So I, I, I don't understand where the New York Times is coming from here saying that, uh, you know, the the court, the the, pro the prosecution is asking for a retrial or the defense is asking for a retrial because um. They're saying, well, the, the jury was biased, obviously, right? Because this guy, this guy pretty much lied on the questionnaire. He said he didn't have, he didn't experience sexual abuse or have any interaction with uh, bad sexual relations as a child. Obviously, he did. He admitted to it after the trial. They want a retrial. They, they, they want to do this whole thing over again with a new jury. And the New York Times is saying that, no, that, like, that doesn't need to happen because, he never should have been asked that question in the first place because it doesn't matter. Yes, it, abso it absolutely does matter. And I think it's ridiculous that you're going to say that, you know, it's an invasion of privacy. Therefore, you know, he shouldn't have been asked that question. It is a super, super important question 
to ask when you are talking about a case that involves the 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 sexual trafficking and the sexual misconduct of minors yes you want to know whether or not your jury has experienced that because the whole point the whole point of this american judicial system of having a random jury is so that the random jury doesn't have a freaking bias. You you don't want the people sitting there listening to the evidence to have that extra little bit in the back of their head saying, I experienced this when I was a kid. Hell yeah, that guy needs to be locked away. Absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, uh, obviously they need to have a retrial. Um, do I do I think the outcome is going to come out the same? Yeah, it, it probably is. But you don't need to say, you don't need to say, ah, well, it was just one guy, so we'll let it be what it is. No. The good, good is always going to win. If this was the right decision, that decision will come again. She will be found guilty again of five of those six charges. If that was the correct, if that was the correct decision, if everything in the case was honest, if all the evidence was right, she's going to be found guilty again. There's no reason to say like, oh, well, we don't we don't want to do this again. And, you know, you know, like mess mess with the case like we already we already got her. We, we don't want a retrial. You got to have a retrial. That's just the way it is. Let the American judicial system do its thing. Let the system work like it's supposed to. Don't don't let this be the start of something bigger. Don't let Scotty David be the reason that they take questionnaires away from the jury and just let anybody sit there and listen to a case. You know that if they get away with this and they let Scotty David sit on that jury and they let this decision be made with him on the jury, then that is going to be the start. That is going to be the start of future cases where someone is getting pinned for drug related crimes and people in the jury have experienced substance abuse. It's 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 going to kick off like that. They're gonna they're gonna get rid of the questions on the questionnaire. Now now your jury very well could be biased against you. Maybe they could be biased towards you. We don't know because we don't want to invade their privacy. Therefore, we're not going to ask. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <sighs> All right, moving on. Topic number two. Let's talk about transgender athlete Leah Thomas. Now, Leah Thomas uh, was born a male, transitioned over to female. Um, she goes to Penn State, I believe. And uh, this individual uh, is a female swimmer. And recently at the Division I National Championship, the NCAA Championship, um, Leah... Leah pretty much like blew everybody out of the water. Um, in the 500 yard freestyle, they touched the wall in four minutes, 33.24 seconds. Um, they're the first known transgender athlete to win a division one national championship in any sport. Um, they finished 1.75 seconds ahead of Emma Wyant, who was second place, uh, who attends Virginia. And, uh, Thomas's time, it was a season best and a little more than nine seconds off of Kate Ledecky's uh, four minute, 24.06 record. Here, here's the problem. This athlete, this transgender athlete, Leah, they, they are making female athletics unfair. They have a clear advantage, a, a clear advantage advantage over the other female swimmers there 
and it's not allowing the female swimmers to see their true potential. Back before Thomas transitioned, um, I, they, they were still a swimmer. Um, obviously, they swam in the meds, men's competition, and I believe they were placed 400, 462nd, if my numbers are right. 462nd. Makes the transition over to female number one. Number one. Doesn't that kind of say something? Like, there, there is obviously, obviously a huge gap here. A huge performance gap between males and females when it comes to athletics. It's a, it's a biological thing. It's not anybody's fault. It's not to say that the women aren't trying just as hard as the men are. I guarantee the women are trying just as hard as the men are. It's not an issue of effort. It's an issue of biology. A straight issue of biology. You cannot have men and women competing together in this sport and expect women to come close to the men. Uh, you, you, you just can't. And that's not being rude to women. That's not saying that, you know... Women don't have the same opportunity as men. It is just a matter of biology. Plain and simple. It is just a matter of biology. And so it's it's infuriating to see that you can you can be in the in the hundredths in the hundredths of the rankings for a sport, transition over to compete with the females, and now you're number one. It's it's like a it's like a stolen competition at that point, is it not? Like you you have to decide. Here's what you have to decide. Are the women more important or are the transgenders more important? Who matters more right now? Because what you're showing right now, what athletics is showing right now, is that the transgenders are more important than the women when it comes to sports. And they're allowing the transgenders to compete with the women in the sports and absolutely sweep the floor with them absolutely blow them out of the water there's there's no chance for the women here there really isn't and it's really sad to see so here's what has to happen here's what has to happen in order to make athletics fair in order for this whole thing to not be botched like it is right now this is what has to happen number one number one the transgenders need to compete with whatever gender they were originally born as in the case of leah thomas they need to go swim with the men, plain and simple. That That's where they are going to be fairly graded at, with the men. That's their structure. That's their biology. They may have taken some estrogen, you know, to make themselves more feminine. But at the end of the day, they have a male structure. They need to compete with the men. If you don't like that option, if you don't like that option, if you say that's unfair, here's option number two. Option number two is... There's a separate category just for the transgenders, a separate category just for them. If the men are one category and the women are another category and we're saying, hey, these transgenders, you know, they're they're their own thing or, you know, do the, if they want to be separate, put it, put them in their own category. Let that let them compete because they obviously they obviously have a difference from biological men and biological woman. So let them let them have their own bracket if you want to. Maybe that'll work out. Maybe it'll have to be uh, a men's bracket, a women's bracket, a transgender men's bracket, a transgender women's bracket. Okay, that that honestly, 
that honestly might be the most fair thing because I know for a lot of these individuals uh, transitioning, they they are taking testosterone, they are taking estrogen, so they're they're not an exact representation of a biological male or a biological female. They they have altered themselves in some ways to help them transition, to help ease that transition into what they want to become. So it might be more fair just to have four separate brackets: the men, the women, the trans men, the trans women. Let them compete in that way. Option number three. Option number three, if you are going to take the transgender athletes and you're going to mix them in with the men and the women, then athletics as a whole is going to have to have a a restructuring um, beyond beyond just like Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Uh, there's going to have to be uh, some sort of new new class system that you're able to compete at, similar with like uh, like wrestling and boxing with like weight classes, right? You're, you're going to have some sort of performance class system outside of the D1, D2, D3, whatever, uh, that allows you to compete against someone fair. Because obviously, Leah Thomas here has a way, she's in a, another bracket compared to the rest of these women swimmers. And it's it's just not fair. It's just not fair. So a change definitely needs to happen in athletics. One of those three options I just listed. I think any of them, think any of them would work fine. I personally am a fan of the second option. I think we should just add more brackets for the transgenders to compete in. Um, if they really don't want to compete in whatever their biological gender was, if they're really not a fan of that, give them their own bracket. Let them compete with each other in that sense. I think it would be the most fair. I think that's still being inclusive. Um, I I really don't see a problem with it. It's not like you're secluding them. You're just putting them against fair opponents so that they can truly be the best of their kind, of their class, of their structure, the the best, the best in their level. That's what I think. Finally, today's last topic. Whew, I need a sip of water. Give me one second. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm excited. This is exciting stuff to talk about. I love getting into this touchy stuff. It's a lot of fun. All right. Last one. Florida Senate has passed a bill to ban discussions of sexual orientation or gender identity in primary schools. Uh, Pretty much Ron DeSantis uh, is signing this measure saying we don't want children uh, from the ages of like five to nine, five to 10 years old to be learning about the gender identity sexual orientation, self-pleasure, uh, all that, all that stuff that should honestly wait until they're going through puberty. Let's be fair. Let's be fair here. Kids, kids at six years old are still trying to color in the lines. They don't need to be, they don't need to be learning about whether or not they, they, they are lesbian or bisexual or maybe transgender or born into the wrong body. They, they don't need to be learning about that stuff from kindergarten to third grade. That's what this bill is targeting. Kindergarten to third grade, they don't want to have these discussions in the schools. There has been a lot of backlash with this bill. It's been referred to as the don't say gay bill. Um, a lot. Of, I know a lot of teachers are speaking out against it. Um, it's, it's getting a lot of flack because people are saying... Why, why can't the kids learn about this stuff? They're saying it's important. It's important for children. 
it's important for children to be open and receptive to the LGBTQ plus community and they shouldn't they shouldn't be blocked off at it from an early age. They see this as like um what's the word for it? <sighs> Not segregation. Can't 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 think of the word. But pretty much they're saying this is wrong. Kids need to be learning about this stuff because it's important and it's acceptable and there's there's no reason to hold children back from this information. Here's here's my take on it. Children children don't have a lot going on in their heads. Let's be honest. They don't have a lot going on in their heads. They barely have a perception of who they are as an individual and they can very very easily be molded, right? They can very easily be molded. I think from kindergarten to third grade, like this bill is talking about, it is not the responsibility of public educators to teach children about gender identity and sexual orientation and sexual preference. I think that that is way too young to be having those talks with children. I think even for me back in Florida, when I was going through school, I believe it was the fifth grade. The fifth grade was the earliest that we ever had a a sexual like a like a sexual lesson in classes, right? I believe it was the fifth grade towards like the end of the year when they like pulled us into a classroom and we had like the slideshow and the video that talked about like the reproductive system and like like how it worked and like the difference between boys and girls. And even even then I wasn't I wasn't fully grasping it. I, I was I was still kind of in the dark there, you know? It wasn't wasn't until middle school till I, I even really started to realize like, oh, okay, this is, this is what this stuff is. But for kindergarten through third grade, these children are so easily molded and it's not the responsibility of the public educators to be preaching all this stuff into children. It's, it's the responsibility of the parents, even, even like at all, even at all, it's the responsibility of the parents to teach, teach their children about sexual orientations and sexual preference and all that stuff. Um, you can, you can call it indoctrination if you want call, call it indoctrination. I, I don't care. You, the parents, the parents are in charge of raising the child. The public schools are in charge of teaching the children basic concepts that they need to function in life, math, science, literature, history, government, politics. Yeah. Go go to public school for that. When it comes when it comes to self identity, it's not the it's not the job of the public schools to teach children that. It is the job of the parents, and it's expected that the parents raise their child and accept their child for who they are. You know, and any any person, any kid should have the resources, should have the availability to be accepted for who they are, for what they want to believe in. I yes, I agree with that. Okay. I'm not saying I'm not saying that 
we should we should treat we should treat like gay and lesbian as like like no no words that are like like uh oh we don't we don't talk about them like you wait until you're in the real world for that I I don't believe in that kids definitely need to learn this before they're out of their parents' house times have been changing drastically recently very drastically um the 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 social structure of the world is a lot more a lot more gray area than it used to be it used to be black and white we have a lot more gray now and there was a lot of there was a lot of new concepts being brought to light especially in regards to gender and sexual orientation a lot of new concepts a lot of new identities a lot of new stuff that people definitely need to learn before they're out there in the real world on their own but that stuff is not important to you when you are six years old. All right. I've said it four or five times. I'll say it one more time. As a kid, you are so easily molded. You are so easily, you're so accepting. You're accept, you're accepting of everything. And you, you just need to be put on the right path early on so that you can choose to go wherever you want in the future. When you start throwing in all these all these confusing all these confusing topics to a young child, it's it's just gonna throw them off. That's what I think it's gonna do. It's just gonna throw them off. I don't think that they're developed enough yet from K through three. I don't think children are developed enough yet to understand the concepts that they're being taught if you're referring to sexual orientation, if you're referring to gender identity. I don't think they can fully get a grasp around that stuff just yet. And I think all it's going to do is really confuse them. If you try to give somebody too much information too early, you can back off if you want to, but you try to come back with that same information, it's just, it's they're 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 not going to be able to grasp it yet. They're not going to be able to grasp it. You have to wait until they're a little more developed. You have to let them understand the basics of something before you go on to the complicated stuff. I can't I can't throw algebra I can't throw algebra at my six-year-old without teaching him basic addition, subtraction, and his multiplication tables. It doesn't work like that. I can't throw him algebra at six years old, back off, say my bad, you know, teach him normal math, and then, you know, come back with the algebra. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I, I could do that, but it doesn't make sense. Teach him the basics first. Teach him the stuff that matters first. And at that age, it's too early to even teach them that stuff. Like I said, I, in the fifth grade is the first time I was learning about the birds and the bees, and I still didn't have a full grasp around it. It wasn't until middle school I still had a full grasp around what that stuff even was. So, And keep in mind, this bill, this bill, I, it's in the name. It only applies from kindergarten to third grade that they want to prevent the use of all that sexual language. Is that a bad thing? Is that honestly a bad thing? These are little kids. These are little children we're talking about. Sex is a big kid thing. A big boy thing. Okay? Your 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 little kid that just got out of preschool, just got out of preschool, you know, still poops their pants sometimes on accident. They don't need to go to public school and then come back knowing what scissoring is. You picking up what I'm putting down? It's, it's, it's too much. It is too much. Every day, every day, the world gets a little more comfort. It gets a little more lax. Things that were taboo, 
things that were taboo back in the day are just common talking pieces at the dinner table now. That's just the way the world works. But I think it has gone a little bit too far. Just just a smidge. Just a smidge. I think it has gone a little too far. And I think we kind of need to backpedal just a little bit, especially when it comes to our youth. That's That's my view on the whole thing. I apologize if I stepped on anybody's toes today. I really do. I just want to give you my insight on it. I want to give you a little piece of information. Maybe let you see something in a new light, okay? Um, with that, that's everything I had to say for our episode today. I hope you were able to learn something. Um, for those of you who've listened all the way up until now, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Um, thank you so much for all the supporters I've had as well, by the way. I was not expecting this thing to take off as quickly as it did. Um, I know we're only like four episodes in now. But I, I really am appreciative of all the support I've been getting. Um, I'm still learning, still learning the structure of how this thing is gonna go. Uh, I know those, those structured, structured couple episodes, the first ones. Um, I liked making them. At the same time, that was very time consuming, uh, especially working full time, trying to write out, you know, a full script for half a movie. <laughs> So uh, I do kind of like doing it more like this. I just want to find some topics, go over them with you guys. And uh, this this episode right here is probably going to be the structure I use moving forward. If you guys have problems with it, if you have revisions that you want to give me, uh, please let me know. Um, but other than that, thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. And uh, until next time, see you later, guys.